All right. Does it say recording for you? Can you see where it says recording? It does. Yeah. It's the guy read pulsating light there. Beautiful. Well, here we are. It's the first, first ever Illogic podcast with my buddy Landon Jeremetrius Hints. Um, just kidding. It's uh, obviously it's not Jeremetrius, but um, but lifelong buddy of mine. I've known Landon since how long have I known you? Like twenty, like uh, right when I moved up to Rib Lake. Probably not quite twenty. Uh, probably like oh, eighteen, nineteen though. Probably about. Dear God. Yeah. Well, so there's no there's no um, structure to this. Landon and I were just gonna we're just gonna talk and and see where the conversation takes us. So, um, but I I did want to bring up just speaking of like how long we've known each other. Do you remember when we met? Um, was it at Little League? Close. I actually I had to do a lot of thinking about this because I was curious myself. But it was uh, the first time I met you was. Uh, when I was in middle school, I think you were still being homeschooled at the time. We went to Pheasant Hills oh. to, to do pheasant hunting. Yes. yes. Little Hills. Little Hills. Oh, Little Hills. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I, I, I specifically remember it because just thinking about my awesome fashion choices when I was younger, uh, they gave us like a, a blaze orange t-shirt. Yeah. And I, I remember I wore that sucker all the time. I would have like a really ugly gray long sleeve underneath it and I would just you know wear whatever but I remember because I, I went in your house um, because it was it was you myself um, it was Todd Todd took us as well and yeah. I forget the gentleman who was driving but Chet, Chet Decker Chet yes yes Decker. my mom actually worked with him but yes um, and yeah we took that we rode in his silver van and we went oh. to Little Hills and uh, did we each get a pheasant? Yeah, I, I think we we got a couple. Because sure. I, I remember, I remember we were we had to clean them at the end, and then uh, we took the meat back with us. But um, I just remember the whole time riding there in the back of this silver van with with a guy I've never met before, and yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, how's this gonna go? Like I just gotten my my hunting license, um, hunter safety. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to make a fool of myself in front of this guy. Um, but I, yeah, I, I didn't know you were homeschooled at the time. So like, were you, uh, were you homeschooled up until high school? Yep. Yep. Completely until uh, freshman year when we went to Red Lake together, I was homeschooled through that whole time. So how, how was that experience for you? Because I've, I've talked with a couple people who've been homeschooled and they each have like different thoughts and experiences on it experiences um yeah i mean for me i mean for me it was normal because i'm the youngest of three kids all of which you know my older siblings were all homeschooled up to you know at least college you know um so for me that was a pretty normal way of you know being schooled or at educated um so your so your siblings your older siblings were homeschooled up until college well my oldest sister was homeschooled until she graduated she graduated high school through homeschooling and then went to went to college 
and uh, a four-year school in Chicago. And then my next, my brother, he was homeschooled all the way through high school. And then he uh, went to the tech school here in Eau Claire. Um, and then my sister was homeschooled until middle school. She went to a high school, a private high school in Abbotsford uh, when she oh, got to okay. high school. So, um, and then I, you know, I knew that at some point I wanted to uh, go to school at, at the time, mostly for sports, you know. Right. <laughs> up, to that, up to that time, I could pretty much get away with playing sports and still being homeschooled. And I mean, you know, seemingly, you know, having a lot of freedom, but. So how did, how did you like homeschool as opposed to when you were thrust straight into high school where like, obviously the environment and everything changed? How was that transition for you? Um, quite a bit smoother than I guess you'd sometimes expect. Uh, definitely helped that I knew like a bunch of you guys, you know, before coming to school. Um, there were a couple people that I was like, my whole life where where have you been kind of deal but like I mean for the most part I knew you know I knew the core group of people that I was gonna know probably all throughout you know the four years of high school anyway to to an extent right um so that made it pretty pretty easy um you know I I feel like there, there is a, there is a super huge cloud around homeschooling, you know, and it's funny <laughs> like this year with COVID and everything, it's gotten way drawn out of, you know, now homeschooling isn't like this, like weird, like, you know, like you're looking over the neighbor's fence, like thing, you know, I right. and now it's like, a, oh yeah, we, we homeschool our kids, you know? So it, it's funny to see that, you know? um change but like during our age of growing up like mm-hmm. trust me i i knew i knew those typical homeschooled kids that were you know <laughs> you know just <laughs> the ones the ones who were you were kind of nervous to sort of interact with because you didn't know what was you know it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you just weren't you know a customer to that but yeah. um so you, so you mentioned you have three older siblings. I know when I met you, um, none of your siblings still lived at home. So is there, and I know there's, there, there is an age gap, you know, between your, your three siblings, older siblings and yourself. I know they're closer in age, I think. And then you sort of were, um, yeah, I'm, I'm there was ten, a little break I'm yeah. ten, years, 10 years later. So. It's 10 years from your young, from your like closest, youngest older. Yeah. My next closest sibling is 10 years older. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. I actually, I didn't know that actually, like the exact. Okay. So how old, how much older is your oldest sister? Um, probably like 18 to 19. Wow. Mm. That's nuts, dude. Okay. So, so I'm, she's, I'm, I'm definitely like, yeah, yeah. Probably about, yeah. So, so 10 year age gap between you and the youngest, oldest, oldest sibling. However, that said, um, so how was, how was that growing up with, 
your siblings that much older than you? Like, was it hard to like get along with them or like connect with them or how, how was that growing up? Oh, I probably, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know I'm like probably as certain, like if you look in the baby book up to quite a point of time, like there's a lot of pictures of them holding me and like all that kind of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure at this certain at a certain age, I probably annoyed the piss out of them. Though. Like I know I did, some, <laughs> I knew I I know I did some pretty brat like things. Um, well, I mean, you're you're um, the you're you're the youngest, right? So, so I, I would I would I'd have to say you know I was definitely more spoiled than all three of them. <laughs> I got away with. Like at that I point, with, get away with probably more than more than what they got away with i gotta admit that so with that point your parents probably knew that okay all right he's the last one he's like yeah. there's not gonna be any more no. like so no so the- at times it was kind of you know it was kind of like being an only child you know at a certain point once they're all kind of like moved out like i still had older siblings but like day-to-day life you know as me and my parents so you would see them yeah it's it's kind of like it's almost like an extended family kind of situation where you'd see them more so on like holidays or special events and stuff. I mean, yeah. the occasion when they'll come and visit and you go and visit them. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause it, like I said, as far as I can remember back, I've known you, you've, uh, I initially thought you were the only child because you know, I, I still to this day have not had the, the pleasure of meeting either of your siblings, but I mean, your parents are cool, obviously. Um, they're good people. Um, but it's, it's interesting because especially in a, in a, such a small town as Westboro, you know, you're being, you're in a situation where the closest sibling to you is 10 years older, right? You're, you're being brought up and you're, you're trying to learn that situation. You're being homeschooled, you know, in, in technically, well, Rib Lake, a village of 900 or less people. Uh, so how did you like, how did you meet all of, all of our friends? Like, was it through sports? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think it was probably, I was about four, I think, when I finally, whoever, I don't remember who it was, was in charge of uh, the t-ball team in Westboro, Westboro mm-hmm. and I think I tried to even go like to the first practice I think my mom even walked me uptown like the year prior maybe when I was like three I don't remember I almost think so and they're like no you're you're too young and I don't know if even four might have been a year early but I remember I think it was me and Josh Arkla both both started a year early and then that's how I met like that whole, you know, circle of, of people. So, and the rest is history, right? Yeah. I mean, we had a pretty big group of kids, you know, that played on the Westboro team that you know, all went to high school throughout together. So that's how I met a lot of, a lot of people, you know, the Westboro side of people. And then, you know, once T-ball was over, I started playing like nine and 10 ball in town. You know, met a few more like the Rib Lake kids. Um, and also, you know, a couple of years, you know, ahead and a couple of years below at that point once we, you know, flip and flop from leagues and stuff like that. So by the time, right. you know, by the time 
by the time I was a freshman, you know, I was pretty familiar with the entire class below me, the entire class above me, you know, so. Right. Going back to that transition, you know, that made it pretty, you know, not like I walked in there and didn't know a soul. <laughs> right, right. You're walking in, you're, I mean, your pants are already drenched with piss, you know, you're like super nervous. Um, unlike me, I was sort of in a, in an opposite situation of you, right? So you sort of, you know, even though you were homeschooled up until high school, you've had these interactions and growing up with with all of our um, our group or you know kids our age um, and just running into them just because of the size of of the towns and with sports and all that kind of stuff uh, whereas I'm I'm originally from Milwaukee right so uh, I remember I remember the first day of sixth grade it was my first year in Rib Lake and I remember um, I'm sure I'm sure you do as well. Back then, it was the long hair, long, shaggy hair, like a mop you have on the top of your head, right? And I, I just remember growing that sucker out, and my head would just sweat because I had so much hair. But I, I remember my first day of school, I wore these jean shorts, jorts, that were they, they were pretty much capris. I mean, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and I wore a shirt... <laughs> I wore a t-shirt that had um, a little guy with a, a wiener, like a hot dog over the fire. And it said, ask me about my wiener. And I thought that that was hilarious. I thought, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to expect. I'm coming into an all encompassing class of 45 kids. Whereas, you know, that was, uh, that was about half of my, my classes back in Milwaukee. Um, so just trying to make good impressions, you know, I'm trying to check out, you know, okay. Oh, she's cute. She's cute. Um, and <laughs> but at the same time, you know, trying to seem cool around the guys because like I needed to, I needed to relate somehow. I needed to, to become friends with people. And uh, I just remember walking into this gym, everyone's staring at me because I'm new um, and my shorts were drenched with piss. I, I was very nervous. And um, those great metal bleachers. Um, and, and what I would do is what I used to do is try to, I guess I still do today is try to make people laugh. But the way I did it, like, dude, I used to like slap myself in the face. Like I, <laughs> I used to try anything under the sun to get attention in a good way, obviously. But um but like, can you imagine, like, if you were in middle school, sixth grade year, and you see me walking into that gym with, <laughs> with those jorts, those, you know, calf length jorts, the ask me about my wiener t-shirt, that hair that, I mean, it, it went down past, like, touched the top of my lip. I mean, and then, you know, I'm just trying all these crazy, ridiculous things to, to meet people. <laughs> Like looking back now, I would probably say um, if I'd been in public school at that point, you know, and I yeah. saw that, I'd have probably like leaned over to somebody, asked them, been like, where is he from? They said Milwaukee. <laughs> and I, at that point, even I would probably just kind of shrugged and been like, eh, makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, you 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 weren't far off. Um, and that was a very uh, that was a very shaping experience because I, I actually I went into that day. I was super upset at my parents because they just uprooted me and my sisters from everything we knew, all our friends. Um, and I have to try and meet all these new kids and trying to make friends. And, you know, it's like everyone knew everybody there pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I left school that day like, OK, this isn't so bad. Like people will come up to me and be like, yo, what's up with your T-shirt or, you know, like what? why why are your pants wet you know stuff like that and uh just try, just try to make conversation but it turned out well and i don't regret moving up to to rib lake because um honestly and still to this day like my parents tell me like how great of a friend group that i have you included obviously um and sometimes i think because i'm a classic overthinker and um, I always, I always think about this kind of stuff and, and looking back, I wouldn't change it because it was, it was crazy. It was scary. I was pissed, but, um, I got to meet you guys. Right. And, and we're still friends and I'm really thankful for that, but I'm glad you didn't, you know, have to have to meet me right then and there that day, um, in that situation, because, uh, it was, it was interesting, uh, to say the least, but, um, so, so speaking of, we alluded to earlier, you know, coming into high school, you know, knowing a bunch of us, um, you know, sort of feeling comfortable with that. What, like going into high school, did you, did you have any ideas of what you wanted to do with your life at all? Like, did you know, did you know, like, okay, after high school, I want to go to college or after high school, I want to work. Did you have any idea or were you just, um, it was definitely, just- it was definitely college, you know, like, yeah, I figured I was going to college after high school. Now, was that, was that by your parents? Like, did your parents instill that in you? Or is that something that you wanted to, you wanted to check out yourself? I mean, if they did, they didn't do it like intentionally, you know, or knowing I wouldn't say that it was, um, you know, I think it's just the classic for the most part, you know, everybody we see you know graduates high school goes to college gets a job you know it's right right the whole storyline you know so for for that i think you know that is probably the biggest factor um in that i don't i didn't i had no idea like what i was going to go to college for you know when i was coming in as a freshman or sophomore i doubt even through my junior year i really had a good idea never ended up having a good idea honestly so um, yeah so honestly I didn't know I mean I knew that I was going to go to college but I didn't know I didn't even apply or like know where I kind of wanted to go until senior year of high school mm-hmm. like I that's that's me in a nutshell like I'm not a big planner like that like I'm more fly by the seat of my pants uh but it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, throughout high school, it was like, my only concern was essentially sports pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hanging out with the guys, you know, flirting with the girls, you know, playing sports. That was pretty much life day in and day out throughout high school. And, you know, waking up senior year, people are like, Jake, you know, the, um, 
the advisor, um, I think Miss Alexander. She she comes up to me in a class. She pulls me out of class. She's like, Jake, what what are you doing? What are your plans? And I'm like, what? Like what? What do you mean? I mean, I'm in second hour. Like yeah. what? <laughs> I gotta go get dressed for gym. Like what do you what do you want? Yeah. She's like, yeah, uh, uh, your future. Like you thinking about college? Like if so, you gotta get going because you're you're senior in high school. And again, you know, I I, I may have piddled a little bit in my shorts and uh i'm like oh man you're right i better start throwing these puppies out these applications and um i don't know man are you are you a planner like is that like did you start applying or looking into colleges before senior year or so what was your what was your process with that i don't know if i really i would say i probably completely went off the prompts of like Mrs. Alexander, like those classes where those periods where we'd be set aside in a computer lab and they'd be like, we're going to make you a portfolio. You know, you're going to send it to the click on the schools you want to send it to Delio. I don't think really before that, you know, I was, I, I wasn't putting any like solo individual effort into looking at school really too much. Like remember. No, that, yeah, it's, when you said that, like the prompts from Mrs. Alexander, um, it just, yeah. I mean, every time she would, she would either call us to her office, she would, she would come into different classes and, and initiate this stuff without that. Honestly, I don't know. I really don't know what would have happened. <laughs> um, so, so what made you, cause I, you started your college career at crown college, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so what, so take me through that process. What got you interested in Crown College? And um, I guess what uh, what initially got you there and what inevitably drove you to to go to UW-Eau Claire then? Um, well, my, my sibling that was the closest in age to me, Natalie, she went to Crown. So I'd been to Crown a lot was familiar with it, knew that it wasn't a huge school, um, you know, coming from her Blake, you know, didn't really want to jump into like a huge school uh, necessarily. Um, had the opportunity to play sports there, which, you know, carried over from that, you know, kind of soul driving desire of high school, you know, thinking that's that was the super important stuff. Uh, so that's what got me there. Um, but then, you know, kind of the driving factor away from it was, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of things in that area outside of school to do or to enjoy. Right. Um, it was a private school, so it was spendy also. So I wasn't necessarily enjoying myself and I knew I was putting myself in a pretty deep hole. So that's why, you know, um, and then, you know, just another kind of a fam a fam familiarity, can't talk. Uh, <laughs> I do that all the time, brother. <laughs> factor that drove me to Eau Claire was, you know, decently close to home. Like I'm not at home, but I can get there if I want to. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends, you know, we had a lot of classmates there, you know, so it was like, 
easy peasy, you know, go easy there. choice. Yeah. Just like I went into high school, you know, with people already established there for me to know yep. did the same thing, um, you know, going to Eau Claire then for a while. Yeah. I, knowing people definitely softens the blow of, of like a change of scenery, right? Going from, or just starting college, or if you go to a different college from there, because uh, like you said, at Crown, you had, uh, you had the opportunity to play a collegiate sport. It was basketball, right? Because you're like, you're what, like 6'8", 215, right? So, um, I mean, he was, I mean, in high school, just to preface for anyone listening, yep. he had like, he had like 90 dunks our, our, our junior year itself, um, about, about 200, you know, throughout high school. So he was a dunk specialist for sure. And, uh, it's not surprising that that crown reached out to you and they're like, dude, <laughs> we need you on our team. I was recruited pretty hard, you know, there, you know, you know, went to sleep at night with a text, woke up in the morning with a text. Right, and you you even got some of those like two a.m. you up texts from from Crown, um, because listen, they were looking for the next LBJ, and uh, they they found it in Landon Hits, and uh, the moment that you decided to transfer from Crown to UW Eau Claire, it broke their hearts. Yeah, I'm sure. And, I mean, honestly, if you would have kept going, I think you probably would have been in the finals this year. Either, either on the Lakers or playing against them. Um, so, so just so just so everyone knows at home, Landon is a is, is a basketball prodigy. Um, he also could he could he could shoot the wings off a fly. Um, just just dead eye three point specialist as well. So, um, <laughs> so so when you made that transition from Crown to UW Eau Claire, had like curriculum had anything to do with it like what you wanted to go for or the classes that you wanted to take um absolutely not <laughs> i don't think so God. it was more it was it was more so like you had more of a familiar situation at uw eau claire and just an option obviously you're still going to college right but yeah. you got to be with with your your friends and and to i guess have more experiences that right? and anything that I was going to pick at that point in my life, you know, Eau Claire did have, you know, so um, anything that I was wish going, you know, back and forth between contemplating that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. they had it. So I didn't even really, you know, think I really had to make up my mind, even when I first transferred over there, um, which was also made it easy, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, I was just, I was just there to be there. Just winging it, right? I mean, it's and that's that's something that I do too. I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's just that's the way it goes, you know. And um, and knowing you now, it's it's not something that I think you regret at all. Um, just um, you know, no, <laughs> I don't, don't don't regret it. Um, may have been maybe more beneficial for me to go a different route definitely yeah you know but that's that's you, you can't really play those cards anymore right like what ifs like what if i had done this differently hindsight's always twenty twenty. it is it is and that's dangerous it's dangerous because yeah. i yeah I, yeah 
Are you are you an, are you a, a person who thinks deeply about a lot of things? Uh certain things. Yeah, I, I'm definitely like you said, an overthinker. Um, definitely let myself, you know, worry and you know over contemplate a lot of things. For sure. So what what kinds of things do you overthink about? Like, are there any certain topics that really get to you and are like, just fester in the back of your mind? Or is it just like, it depends? Um, and I mean, not to just completely flip the vibe on its, but man, I think about death a lot. And that sounds no super, way, dude. That sounds super. Did you weird. really just say that? Yeah. Because I was just about to say, I think a lot about death. Um, and just like, not like, it sounds morbid. It sounds like pretty like, like serial killer-ish, but <laughs> it's not in that sense, you know, and that's probably what a, you know, serial killer would say too, but, um, you know, yeah, shit. I got way too much time on my hands for, for like <laughs> my job, you know, I don't really have to talk to people a ton. Um, it's like, I got 10 hour, I, I work four 10 hour shifts. Okay. And probably, you know, a good seven and a half to eight of those hours, I'm just like doing my own thing and like have to have zero interaction. And you're just and in I, your own head. I would get into a rabbit hole after a rabbit hole after a rabbit hole of, you know, just, just, just beating myself up mentally, like for no reason, probably. Um, so, yeah, I think I need a career change where I'm a little bit <laughs> isolated because otherwise, who knows maybe been too long but yeah. so what so what about death like do you like what what gets you on the topic like what what starts that thought train oh i don't even it i don't even know like some it's 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 not even like there aren't even there are triggers some days and then like but for the most part like i'll just be like like i said rabbit hole you know like i'll just, just all of a sudden boom death <laughs> yeah <laughs> about, like you know you know a person or people or something and then all of a sudden just boom you know what if i don't have that person anymore that that like you know just from oh man a memory with somebody to boom, they're gone um and that that wrecks me sometimes so i can i can totally relate because i I find myself in that thought space a lot. Um, and I've been finding as I'm getting older, I'm realizing more of my own mortality. And um, I do have those thoughts as well, where I just, I don't know why, like, I'll just be, I'll just be sitting watching Netflix or something. And then I'll just have this thought about somebody, like maybe I'll be scrolling through Facebook or They'll just pop in my head for some reason and I'll flash back to a great memory we had or even a bad memory. But, and then, you know, I just then start to think about all the memories I have with this person and, and what it would be like if they weren't there. And it's, it may be screwy to say, but I think a lot about that with my family. Um, like the ones closest to me. I mean, honestly, I've, I've thought about that with, with, you know, you and, and, and the other guys as well. Like, um, and it, it screws me up because it's like, man, 
like this is this is inevitable like we're all gonna be we're all gonna be gone one day so like wanting to do something that actually means something or that matters or something that i'm gonna look back at um you know 40 50 years from now and like be like jake you did good or jake you're an idiot like <laughs> like the part where i'm saying jake you're an idiot scares the piss out of me like so I, i'm i'm in this back and forth with myself about what am i doing now to try to avoid that but at the same time like what's in my control does that make sense yeah definitely so and, and like dude we're <laughs> we turned 26 in a little over, over a month here. A month and like four days. One and by the way, Landon and I, we almost have the same birthday. His birthday is two days after mine, um, which is which is pretty crazy. I mean, just to find somebody who has a birthday in the same month, but two days apart, dude, that's nuts. But that just make means we're that much closer to 30, dude. I know, dude. I have. It's 30 pretty, like, my, like my current like friend group you know yeah i have, like a lot of guys that are you know at that point like they're you know 28 29 30 you know 31 and it's nuts because it's like you know seeing like the things like like they're transitioning you know it's like damn that's it's four years away for me right <laughs> you know like and you can't like it's always that comparison of like well shit like there's no way i'm gonna be where they are in four years you know going into that turn mm -hmm. but i'm pretty past that shit too like it's like you know like i mentioned some things are out of our control and some things we have to try to let go of of you know as, as stuff that we we shouldn't really worry about because um again some things it's it's not worth spending all the time and effort getting stressed out about things or or to think that far ahead and it's it's sort of along that same vein of okay if i look back 50 years from now you know and i'm like jake what the hell were you doing like in the present i'm like okay i need to take it day by day i need to you know tell the people in my corner that i love them I need to be present when I'm talking with them, when I'm, you know, just hanging out with them um, and just letting them know that I care because I'm, I'm a very like emotionally sensitive person. Like, I don't mean. I'm in the same boat. I think we've, we've kind of talked about this before, you know, privately, but yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take much for me to like start feeling you know, emotional over like, and it's like certain things. Like I got like, you know, those three like mega triggers, dogs dying mm -hmm. uh, in a movie or something. <laughs> I'm sobbing. Yep. You know, that too. I mean, some days I'm at work, I'll be doing like my thing, like I was saying, and it'll just pop into my head that my one dog is like getting like, up over like half you know it's like expected age you know yeah 
and I think about like my dog dying all of a sudden I'm just at work just sad like super sad you know just like it's a good thing we're wearing masks and safety goggles these days because I can kind of like <laughs> can hide it a little bit yeah it, honestly I, I think about that stuff too because um I, I don't even know how many months ago now we had to put uh, our dog dozer down because his hips were so bad, you know, but he was still sharp, you know, he, mentally he was, he was still him, you know, he just, he couldn't move around. He couldn't, he couldn't be self-sufficient anymore. And I remember that day because I was, I was here in river falls, you know, working and uh, you know, I just get a text message that day saying that, Hey, we need to, the vet said we need to put dozer down and it didn't really click with me at first. You know, I didn't really process it at first. And I, I just immediately just started just a, a flashback of everything, every memory that I ever had with Dozer, just going through it all. And then I got to the end point of for the last time that I saw him and I just started to cry, like really cry. And, and shortly thereafter, I get a FaceTime from my sisters who were, they were in the waiting room that they, they had dozer in before they brought him in to, to put him down. And um, man, he was, he, they FaceTimed me, they were bawling. I was bawling. And they were in the middle of it, just sort of just sitting there is dozer. He's just laying down, you know, he's panting like he usually does. He's looking around, you know, but you can tell, like in it, like his eyes, it was him. It was Dozer. It's like, why am I here? Like, take me home. Like, why? Like, okay, the, the vet saw me, you know, he'll give me like a hip pill or something and we can get going. But when I said goodbye to him, that was really, uh, it was so hard. And I, I still, I have the video. I sent a video, um, because I started saying goodbye to him in the live FaceTime, but I couldn't keep it. I couldn't get the words out. So I recorded myself saying goodbye to him and I sent it to my sisters to play for him. And um, I still have the video on my phone. And every time, every, even when I scroll past it in my photos, like I'll start to cry. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy how, it's just crazy how emotions work because, um, you know, we, we get so attached to things and obviously people, family members, uh, friends, pets, which I mean, they are family as well. Yeah. But we can get attached to things too. And it's like, sometimes like I'll get in a rabbit hole there where it's like, why, why? Like, yeah. Why do I feel this way about a, a Build-A-Bear that I got when I was 10 years old? <laughs> or like, you know, like five or seven or whenever, whatever age I was. Yeah. But it's like, I look at it and sometimes I, I feel like it has feelings and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and, but it's, it's crazy, man, because in, I feel like I'm crazy every time this happens because I don't think that everyone, you know, feels like this and I know everyone doesn't, but, um, I don't know. I can, I, I feel what other people feel and it screws me sometimes because um, I'm so emotionally invested 
into other people and and the way that they're feeling. Um, But so, so when, for for you, you said one of those triggers, obviously is death, a dog dying. Um, What are a couple other things that, that really send you down that rabbit hole and, and really make you think not only about that potential situation, but like, just like question your whole existence. Um, yeah, I mean, existence now or like existence after death, like all of it, all of it, all of it, dude, all of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a wild one too. Um, it was like, I grew up very Christian, as you know, you know, you know, church every Sunday, pretty much growing up mm-hmm. early as I can remember to, uh, you know, the day I left for college. Yep. And I, I am truly thankful for that. Um, I definitely like, you know, I, I don't go to church. I had, you know, I, I haven't gone to church regularly since, um, since leaving home. But, um, you know, I have, I have, you know, a few friends, you know, that are, you know, kind of in the same boat that, um, you know, at times have offered, you know, great conversation, you know, great, um, advice, you know, um, you know, somebody that you can just straight up, you know, tell them what you're, you know, tell them the, you know, the deepest, darkest things that are, you know, scaring you or you know bothering you and Mm -hmm. and they'll understand that from you know that you know that religious side of things yeah um so yeah i I am i am thankful that i grew up in the the family and the home that i am with the the raising and the teaching that i had um you know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, if they knew me, you know, and saw this, unfortunately, like, they'd be like, what, probably, you know, and, (laughs) you know, that is, you know, that is, you know, not, not, uh, when you're in in the way that you feel now, obviously, because you said up until you went to college, you were raised in a very specific way. And it sounded like you had a very, um, structured mindset about, uh, well, religion, but also what happens when we die, right? And sort of when you got to that college point, you were off on your own um, and you started to explore different ideas or were open at least to different ideas. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, if, if people see this or hear this and, and, you know, who knew you solely as that person back then um, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Landon, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's on them because I think truly, I think as, as human beings in general, I think we have to change. I think we have to go through um, periods of discovery for ourselves a- about different areas. And I think, honestly, I think religion and just sort of how we feel about the the broader human experience is one of them, Right. And, you know, for me, it wasn't, I wasn't raised in a very, um, a very structured religious 
family. My, um, what I was told growing up, and we didn't, we didn't attend church, you know, religiously or anything like that. Um, not to make a pun, LOL. Um, yeah. But I, as long as I can remember, we were told, you know, as long as you're God fearing, right? As long as you're God fearing, you don't take the Lord's name in vain. You know, that's good. Which, you know, to be honest, um, you know, to this day, I, I still, I still adhere to at least, you know, not taking the, you know, I, I never say, um, you know, I, I never try to use blasphemous like swear words. Yeah, I'll swear. Obviously, I, I sometimes I swear like a sailor, but like I try to consciously not say things where I would think, like, oh man, did this, did this just screw me? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I'm at a point now where, you know, I, I guess I'm still in a discovery phase. I'm not saying I don't believe in, in a higher power or I don't believe in God. Right. But I, um, what I like to do is, is do research and learn about all these, you know, different religions, different beliefs, um, because, you know, you think about it, we're told that this way of thinking is the right way. But it's like in a different culture, a different religion, they're told the same thing. Yeah. Like they're they're steadfast in their beliefs, just like our families are steadfast in our beliefs. So it's like, yeah, okay, well, maybe there's maybe it's not all 100 percent right. Maybe there's some, you know, mix and match here and there. Um, but it's I, I, I like learning about different avenues and different thought processes and um, because I, I don't know. I, I think we, as humans, we have the gift to make our own choices about that kind of stuff. And, um, it, it doesn't hurt to, to learn other things and, and why, why people believe the way that they do it, you know, don't, don't criticize them in a negative way, right? If you believe something, I believe something else. It doesn't make either of us wrong. That doesn't mean, you know, that we shouldn't be friends. It doesn't mean that we should be divided over it because yeah. that's one thing that really pisses me off about, about things right now, especially is the two things that divides people um, more than anything in my view is religion and politics, especially. I mean, in this age, yeah, you nailed it on the head, right? And, and when you think about it, those two things individually should theoretically foster people coming together, a form of, of unity, right? Like, not like you're part of this religion. Let's, you know, let's bring you like love everybody right? Love everybody. It's not our place to judge people. When honestly, some of the most religious people that I've ever met in my life are the most judgmental. Yeah, dude, I've, I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree 100%. And, you know, I, you know, I would say there was, I definitely went through that phase too, you know, like, personally at a local level, you know, where, you know, I experienced that, you know, especially small town, people mm -hmm. talk, 
you know, um, you know, after a while people know what people do, you know, um, to an extent, probably, you know, they might hear something, but you know, and it's, it is what it is. Um, everybody's guilty of it, but yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's one of the shames of, of it is, you know, religion definitely gets a bad rap because of that, because, you know, a lot of people that are super religious Mm -hmm. are also on a super high horse, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, like you just said, that's, that's not what the core message of it is you know like you said you know love love everybody love your neighbor you know the the bible says love your neighbor how many times or you know whatever yeah Um, but yet i i have a hard time (laughs) loving my neighbor you know i have a hard time loving a lot of people you know yeah you know i have a hard time loving people that i've you know known a long time Mm -hmm. um sometimes uh, but um, I guess I don't remember where we actually were going with that, but <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, Honestly, I don't, I don't really have a plan of where this is going. All of yeah, this is yeah, just yeah. coming out. I just forgot where we started, but I remember we, where we started with the, you know, the, pre- the kind of the prejudice almost yeah. that is behind it. Um. And yeah, and, and I guess I feel like I experienced that or saw that happen, you know, mm-hmm. at a young enough age and um, saw enough people turned off of it, like turned off by it, yep. by people locally mm-hmm. that I was like, man, like that, that's not what I, you know, that's not the, that's not the image I want to put out there. You right. Know? Um, and I, I mean, people knew I was like, went to church when I first came to high school Yep. and like, I got shit for it. Like I literally got shit for going to church because I went to the same church as like a certain group of people. Yep. And you were automatically clumped in with that group. Like you were the same That group, even though that group was literally the group that looked down on me because I wasn't a part of that group. Right. You know, so I was like in the middle, like <laughs> by either side, it's like, shit, like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm like, you know, I'm not a part of either, or I'm not a part of, you know, that. Um, so yeah, like freshman year, I remember I got a lot of shit, like Bible thumper and shit like that. <laughs> Just because, yeah, first, so, so yeah, one group saw you with the with the not so desirable group in their minds. Right. And vice versa with the other group. And you were caught in the crossfires. Like, well, I'm not necessarily either of these things. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I was like just, just, just let me shoot hoops, you know, yeah. or, you know, let me, let's play catch, you know, or something <laughs> like yeah. that. Like, don't put me and, in this and, box. And, you know, the people that did that were, you know, you know, people that were going to, you know, probably have some bone to pick with me. Right. One way or the other. You know, if it wasn't that, it'd probably been something else. Um, and you know, I feel like I handled. I feel like I 
don't know. I either already had thick skin or I made thick skin freshman year, but <laughs> um, either way, I guess I don't like, I never, I mean, the core group of us that were, you know, are still going to be, fr- are still friends to this day. Like, you know, yeah. it wasn't that, you know, it's like, right. You know, the people. So yeah, it didn't, it didn't like really, it didn't make you lose sleep over it, but it's still, it still ate at you a bit. You know, well, yeah, I mean, there's no way like you can, you can say that you got, tough skin all you want but there's no way that that shit even if it didn't really bother you to the point where you like acted on it or like really ever said anything you know like there's still those you know underlying frustration or you know whatever behind it but Mm -hmm. nothing that nothing that really like nothing that ever was like oh man i don't want to go to school tomorrow because somebody's gonna call me (laughs) right Right. Or I don't, you know, I don't want to go to church on Sunday because someone's going to, you know, call me, a, you know, a, a well, different name under the sun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's in that part of it's interesting. I think a lot about that kind of stuff too, like the, the religion and politics, because yeah, like I, ideologically, those things are meant to bring people together and, um, you know, whereas it's the total opposite and, you know, I'm somebody who does not, I don't really talk about religion specifically or politics specifically um, because listen, everyone has a right to their own opinions and their own feelings. And if you feel strongly uh, about a political party or a specific religion, good for you. That's your right. Like you can practice, practice what you preach, you know, yourself, right? It's, it's, it's to the point though, where, a lot of people are, are trying to force opinions about those things on other people and they won't even listen to the other side's arguments. And, um, and that, that stuff really is, is really annoying because it's like it, it, some of these are, are the people we grew up with, right. From, you know, people that, that we've experienced and, and hung out with and spoken to and, um, but it's like, I just urge people to have an open mind and, and look at things from different perspectives because, um, you know, it, <laughs> I, I could go on a rant about, about, you know, stuff like this, but um, I'm just going to keep it broad and just say, um, you know, just because you feel so strongly about a specific thing, like a religion or a, or a political party, that doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean that you're wrong feel what you feel but don't make somebody else feel lesser because they don't agree with you yeah um yeah. i mean and if you're if in, if in the end you are right you know um good for you mm-hmm. um but if you're right and you're a total dick about being right it's not gonna i mean if your end goal is sharing you know, your key or your goal or your salvation, whatever your belief, your political, like you're saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to be the one that's right, you know, that's great. But if like, there's no point in being right. If you're just going to be a dick about it, because nobody's going to receive, you know, nobody's going to receive that. No. Um, especially when you're talking religion whether it's this whole big love every, you know, like you're saying, you know, just this big euphoric, happy, loving, you know, right. 
somebody just gets bashed and shamed right off the bat, that's their first, you know, first impression. Like we started talking about you coming to middle school, your first impression. You know, <laughs> if your first impression is some of religion or whatever it may be, is some kid in a shirt asking about my wiener, you know, who knows where it might go. I mean, yeah. I mean, at that time, if I would have shown up with that shirt at, you know, more of a religious establishment, it probably wouldn't have, you know, (laughs) super well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. But my, but the moral uh, of what I'm trying to say here is that we just need to be decent people to each other because it all circles back to our own morality or mortality. I'm sorry. Is that, we're all going to be gone one day, man. Like why spend the time so entrenched in in our own biases and opinions that we like shun people that we can have everything else in common with. Right. But I didn't vote for a certain candidate or I didn't, I don't go to this church, you know, so I'm never going to talk to you again, or I'm not going to listen to a word that you have to say like that's messed up because I mean, again, on a high level, both of those things, politics and, and religion are things that are meant to bring people together um, and, and create a, a idea of community, which they're on complete different ends of the spectrum. So just be a good person. It's not that hard. It really it, is not it, that hard. It's not, you know, um, but we're human. But some people, right? Exactly. And as much as any one person can, you know, at a one point or another, look down, reflect, see their, you know, their faults, you know, the things they need to work on, the things that they've done to hurt other people. You know, I know, I know I've done a lot to like, I hurt certain people. Mm-hmm. And me know? too. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, um, you know, some of them specifically, like, you know, it, that's, that's one of those things that I get into one of those rabbit holes, you know, and that's, yeah, yep. that's, that, that, that's that whole, you know, thing, but I guess kind of like the one last thing on like the whole, you know, religion thing is kind of going back to when we were talking about, you know, how we are emotional people mm-hmm. and how we're both overthinkers, yep. worriers. I'm a worrier. I'm definitely a worrier. Um, you know, I have worried about everything, you know, everything that I can worry about, like when it comes to, you know, religion, you know, I've, I've probably gone there. I've, you know, I've, I've gone way out on a limb of doubt several times. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like, how am I, how am I just randomly lucky enough in this huge world to be born into a family that, you know, just so happened I had parents that believed in the right religion. Cause like you said, there's so many out there, right. um, so many different beliefs, so many different little kids in different little countries grow up exactly how I did, but in their form of religion, right. you yep. know, where they went to mass every you know every day Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you know same deal like how am i just so lucky so blessed to be put in the right one right um you know 
am I, you know, and, and I'm not, at this point, I'm not disclaiming like my beliefs or religions for this, for that reason, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but that, you know, um, that's something that I have questioned at different times. You know, it's like, we, you know, I grew up, you know, being taught that you accept Christ into your heart as your savior. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to heaven. You're not going to you know, so I'm a little kid, maybe three, you know, three or four. Yep. Scared, you know, literally scared of hell. Yep. Scared that I was going to go to hell. My whole family was going to be in heaven mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to be in hell. So I was like, you know, Jesus, I am going <laughs> to save me, you know, take me to heaven. Right. And, you know. But it was more of a fear thing. Yeah, it was, it was totally out of fear. It was completely the, you know, it was completely out of fear. And then probably like when I was nine, you know, when I was nine and starting to like be a little bit more logical thinker and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I was like, man, when I, you know, that time that I said that when I was three, did I really like, did I mean it, you know, or did like, was it accepted, you know, did it get, you know, right? it's it's like when you take a check on it, like you take a check picture on your phone and you like, hit deposit and that's pending, you know, I thought I initiated this, but yeah, you know, and, and then you see it's deposited and you're like, Oh, I'm good. Yeah. You know, like you <laughs> check on, the account, you're, baby. You're sitting on pending for like six years. And you're just like, man, am I good? Like if I don't wake up in the morning, am I going to be in heaven or am I going to be in hell? Right. You know? So it's like, that's, that's, you know, so I was nine and I'm like, again, I'm like, Jesus, please save me, you know? Yeah. You're nine and you're having these, this existential dread of like, if I die right now, am I going to heaven or hell? Like that's nuts at nine years old, even three before then. I was doing it. Yeah. I was doing it when I was like three or four at, you know, um, but again, it was all based around fear. It wasn't, it wasn't like it organically happened where you had an aha moment right? It was like something came up where you started to think like, oh man, okay. Um, okay. If I die today, like my am I parents, going up or down? I'm going to hell. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Which I've dove down that rabbit hole a lot too. <laughs> and you start thinking about all these different what ifs, you know, all these different scenarios. And, yeah. and then you just start to think about the whole thing in general as a whole. And you start to piece in some of that more of that, uh, the logical thinking of, of like, man, why, when I was nine and when I was three and nine years old, why was I thinking about me dying? And if I was going to heaven or hell, like I wasn't going outside and playing with friends. I was thinking about if I'm going to heaven or hell, like, and it was all stemming from fear, you know, which I don't know about you, but a lot of the things that come into my mind that are are done so initiated by fear don't don't turn out well like it it doesn't leave a good feeling you know <laughs> yeah, yeah so um i i definitely relate with that man it's yeah. and i you know i i probably hit that same phase like i probably hit that same exact phase a good you know that I can remember, remember that, that I can like physically remember probably like three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a half dozen times that I've been in that same boat since like that, like, like roughly nine year old age, 
you know, mm-hmm. until present that I've been like, shit, am I covered? You know, yeah. <laughs> and I check deposit. Um, you know, but I, uh, I was going through like one of those really, you know, questioning times. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, actually it was a couple of years ago, like a little bit of like, I was, me and my dad go on fly fishing trips every summer, basically for like the last four now, mm-hmm. uh, to Montana and we were, we were driving back and like just out of the blue, my dad like just asked me where I was at with my faith. Oh. Yeah, just like out of the blue, like had been in the mountains fishing for a week. Like like none of your conversations up to that no, point had led up to, no, to this at all. Just like asked me out of the blue where I was at. And, uh, I couldn't really answer. And then he like, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I kind of just like shrugged it off. I was like, well, I don't go to church, but like, I believe, you know, yeah. Right. You know, that generic like answer. Mm-hmm. And he like replied with this, you know, thing kind of like, it's like, just like what we're talking about. He's like, we're not all going to be here, you know, forever. And it's right. like, he like said how he wanted to know that like after that we'd still be together. Right. Um, and that's, that's one of the big ones that like one of those big, you know, things that gets me, but um, yeah, that broke me for a while just completely um, he didn't mean to do that like he all. didn't mean it in like a in a bad way but no, no just just no. the sheer shock of the fact that he came out of nowhere with it but the weight that that question has <laughs> yeah yeah that that and that's literally one of my like worries you know that's one of the one of the worries i have and then like to get like called out on it with the person that you worry about it the most with kind of you know mm-hmm. that, um, that's rough but like right after that i was pretty i was pretty bad but like the next day got home and i still had like a day off from work mm-hmm. and, uh me and one of my buddies that i was kind of like i mentioned earlier i have a couple guys that you know raised the same like you know not necessarily raised the same way definitely not raised the same way but we're all kind of at the same place in like i'm gonna call it like spiritual maturity yeah i would say and and not you know and we're probably not all we're definitely not all like even across the board Mm -hmm. we're all you know a level of like receptiveness and like you know acknowledgement that you know it works to have a conversation Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a conversation, but like it was the very next day. I'm still feeling shitty over, you know, not being, and, and I literally couldn't tell my dad anything. Like I didn't have a good, good reply. Didn't have, you know, you know, anything that I could give him as reassurance. Right. And that was what fucked me up the most more than like 
because that that was stuck in your head just the more the fact that he like asked me wasn't but more the fact that i just like i couldn't give him i could like knowing that he worried about that and that i couldn't reassure him and that's something that he has to worry Mm -hmm. about that's what hurt me more than him like you know more than anything that's what hurt um but it's the next day met up with my buddy he's all um you know a fly fishing guy Mm -hmm. and uh we he came over to my house and we were either gonna like fish something like right out of town that would have been like a you know 20 minute drive or we were gonna drive down by lacrosse and fish like some water that we like to fish down there and it was was, i don't remember it might have it might have even been like a sunday and it was like kind of like a like we got started like a little bit later in the day than we typically say that we're going to drive down there, but we like, we're like torn and we ended up flipping a coin. Like we're like, should we go down there? Should we not? We're going back and forth. My buddy's like, well, I have this, I have this coin that I flipped in these scenarios. Mm -hmm. And it was like, heads will stay, tails will go or whatever. And uh, he flips it and it was tails to go like down fish, um, like the driftless area down by the cross, which we both admitted that was really what we, we both wanted that, you know, but right. Um, in turn, then it gave us like a, you know, two hour car ride and we're just like leaving town. He's like, Hey, do you mind if I like listen to this, like a podcast sermon mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it was Sunday. And he was like, I, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. Like, do you mind? I was like, no, I, I don't mind. Um, and it just so happened to be a podcast about this guy talking about like everything that I am, you know, that tears me up. Um, it talked about it, you know, it talked about fear of losing loved ones. Um, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and, and kind of, I think it kind of touched on like the doubt, you know, like the doubt side of religion of always doubting it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the end, it just talked about like, those are the re like those exact reasons. And, and I'm, I'm probably not going to, you know, paraphrase, paraphrase this in the best sounding way at all, but and I, I can't even, I can't remember, you know, enough of what he said deliberately, but you I still can, remember the main, I remember the main, yeah. and that was, you know, this is, you know, this is why we have religion. You know, this is why we need to have a faith. Um, you know, it's, it's something to just put that burden on, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you know, if we didn't have it, we'd fall apart right to an extent you know but it was just and i wish i i wish i knew what it was so i could like source it and be like right <laughs> right you'll know what i mean yeah um but the but, main points that no. that related to you the most the point, stuck the with point, you the main point was that it was literally what was tearing me apart you know and it just so happened that we flipped the coin to go it just so happened that he played it mm-hmm. the day after that you know and like that was one thing 
And then I wouldn't even remember what it, the other one was, but like two things right on top of each other, right after I have like this meltdown, Yep. you know, and me, and, and it could be, you know, it could be a coincidence. It could just be that the fact that he asked me that made me more like aware or that I had it in the back of my head either way, you know, um, if you want to doubt it, there's ways that you can doubt it. You can yep. always come up with a doubt. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was like a slap in the face of like, you know. It's like one one of the most important people in your life. It, it was like I was literally at the point where I was like, you know, is God real or not? And it was like, poof, <laughs> idiot. You know, like you didn't just, you didn't, you know. I mean, I don't, yeah. But I, I think, I, I think the, the the point that made it more of a real situation to you was the fact that your dad is the one that asked you that question. Not only it's not the question itself, but it's the fact that somebody you care about so much holds this in their mind day in and day out as something that they're curious about, something that that weighs on them as as something that is very important to them and i think that point coming from that angle is what gave that situation more weight is like oh man like my my dad like my my dad wants reassurance that we're going to be together forever essentially that we're going to be we're going to be good you know and um and i i can I can relate to that because it's, it's not in the same kind of situations, but family members uh, that are very close to will, I mean, they'll be like out of the blue, they'll be like, Hey, they'll just tell me they're going to be like, well, when I'm dead, this, this, and this, or, you know, just know Jake, I'm not going to be here forever. And it's usually out of nowhere. And it usually, it hits me. It's like, are you kidding me? It, it, it hits you way harder than they would ever imagine by like using that like. Like it literally tears me yeah. Yeah. apart inside because it's like, whether it's my mom, my dad, one of my grandparents, you know, it's like, <laughs> and I'm sure you know, I mean, we've had these people in our lives, I mean, our whole lives, right? We know nothing but having them with us. And for them, these people we hold in such high regard, these people are looking us in the face and asking you that question, like, hey, where do you stand? You know, like, what, where's your faith at? Or looking you in the face and they're like, hey, just so you know, you know, I, I'm not going to be here forever. What are you going to do when I'm gone? It's like, What? Like, first of all, just to expect you to answer that, be able to answer that question in that moment when there's nothing leading up to it, there's no indicator of this coming. And then to have such a heavy question hit you out of nowhere, something that you try not to think about, you probably do, right? But it's not something that you're actively looking to think about. It's like, man... What what am I going to think about today? Oh yeah, let's let's think about when my grandpa's dead. Like, if you do think about that, well, you might be a psychopath. But um, 
it's like these, these people that you care so much about and they care about you hit you with that. It makes you take a step back and it really makes you question everything. And it makes you think about just the fundamental person that you are, like really truly how you feel about things. And it's, dude, it scares the shit out of me. Like I'm an overthinker as it is, but when something like that hits me, like that's something that stews in my head for at least a week or two consistently. Like in, in the moment I might brush it off, like, don't say that, you know, why would you say that? And then change the subject, but that sticks in my head consistently for another week or two. And I can't, I don't know what to do with it because I'm just trying to, like, you take in all of your experience previous, you, you take in your upbringing, what you've been taught by your parents, those loved ones who are saying these things. And then you take in maybe some of your exploration that you're doing, right? Where we're at in different spiritual, um, spiritual levels and, and just what we believe. And it's, it like puts the pedal to the metal. Like I, okay, I need to figure this shit out now, yeah. you know, but, <laughs> but, it, and to, to go into the whole overthinking thing, you take a step back from that even. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa do I really want to make a hasty decision right now? Like, do I have all the information that I need to make a decision like this? Because it is a huge thing. Like it's it, essentially who you are at, at your core, right? What you really believe in will permeate you. Like you will, people will be able to, um, you know, see that as a part of you. And it's just, and that thing too, like I mentioned, every every year that I get older, my mortality and everyone else around me, mortality gets more and more apparent and it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Because that reality is becoming more and more real where we're not going to be here forever. People that we love are not going to be here forever. When I think about losing somebody that I love, man, it destroys me. It really like just the thought tears me apart, man. Yeah. And yeah. I worry. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just something like you worry about, like, I literally worry about how sad I'm going to be eventually mm -hmm. right now. And it's like, dude, like you're, you're, you're making an already really like. It's like, you're trying to warm yourself up for this inevitable I, shitty like, feeling. Life is life is honestly like tough enough as it is. It is. Yep. Really. And if a year hasn't shown that more than this year, <laughs> it's really like, it's like, and, and I, I always try to talk myself out of it. You know, when I do feel worry or fear or sadness, yep. you know, it's like, I try to like, you know, you know, fight back to, you know, level ground. Mm -hmm. And then I tell myself, you know, you know, I think about this a lot. Like, people have been living and dying for forever. Ever. And yeah. why, why am I thinking that like, it's going to be any different for me and the people that I love, you know, like, see, and it's weird. Forever. It's different though, because like when we hear about people passing away, 
like it affects us, but not really, if that makes sense. Like, but when we turn the blinders off, right. And it's, and we think about it in terms of it directly affecting us, it totally changes the game because that's when you, yeah, you start to worry about something that's yes, it's inevitably going to happen, but why am I worrying about something that's, you know, not going to come for, well, who knows how long, but it just makes you realize like we really need to try to be more present. And and another thing with this whole idea is another thing that I feel a lot of times is I'll start feeling guilty because I, I almost feel like it's selfish of me, you know? Yeah. like I'm scared of the fear of losing like example, parents, you know, immediate family mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a scared, like I'm scared of, you know, or, you know, I don't want to have to go through the pain and, you know, sadness. Like yep. I'm, that's all I'm thinking. Like sometimes it's like, is that all I'm thinking about? Am I literally only thinking about myself in this process or, you know, and it's like, See, and that's where you the classic overthinking comes in. You take another step back, you dive in through another rabbit hole, and it's yeah, okay. Am I just being selfish? Like, yeah. is this all not warranted? Am I just thinking about myself? Like, am I am I a dick? I'm not, because am I not actually caring about the loss of a loved one, but just the way that I'm gonna feel when it happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Dude, yes. Dude, it's it's. <laughs> It's not fun. Um, it, it really isn't because <laughs> like, dude, we've had, we've had these kinds of, like, some people are probably like, man, you're off your rocker, but like, but this is a real thing, man. And I can tell you at the very least, you and I have very similar ways of thinking about things because everything that you've said, the rabbit holes that you go down into about these things, I do the same thing. Like I go down the same rabbit holes and I'm like, every time you keep bringing up a new rabbit hole and something I connect with, I'm like shocked because we've, we've had, you know, conversations kind of about this before, but not this deeply. We probably not and this raw for sure. You know, no. Unedited or, you know, uncensored, but, um, but it makes me, again, I don't know if this is selfish, but it makes me feel better knowing that I'm not crazy. Like the way I think about things that that or we're just both crazy. (laughs) You're not the only only one that's crazy in whatever. Right. We'll, we'll be crazy together and that will make us both feel better. Um, Um, You know, a big part of me believes though, like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure this is like something that a lot more people than us, you know, deal with. Uh, And, you know, up until probably, Maybe, you know, this year, probably last year at the very earliest, mm-hmm. you ever probably catch me talking about this. Um, I feel like this year has been not just because it's like a COVID year, you know, nothing like, you know, it's not really that. It's just, it's just so happens to be where I'm at in life, you know, that things are kind of like, 
what's super important to me is, you know, becoming more relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, what people think of me is becoming way less relevant. Um, <laughs> and that's been super, that's been a super nice thing. Like I life's, I mean, and it's probably not the best, you know, going back to like an example, you know, like, Oh, you're a Christian. You should be lovey dovey with everybody and stuff like that. Um, and that's something I need to be better at. You know, even if I don't like the person, I still need to love the person. If that makes sense. Right. Like I, um, we just got to, it's important to try to be good people. Yeah. Right. But you know, but in the end, like, in the end, like, I can't really get on, like, I guess I can't get on the train of, like, you know, oh, you're, like, you know, if I'm going to stick to what I believe and I do, you know, at this point, I, I you know, I believe what I, you know, kind of was raised on. Yeah. And this is after I've, you know, I wouldn't say I ever, like, renounced it you know but i definitely like i definitely turned my back on it you know i definitely lived a life you know lived lifestyles that weren't you know um in line with what a typical you know believer in christ would do you know whatever right but i mean that's i mean nobody does you know even the people that you look at and you're like oh they're pretty religious like more than likely they probably had a phase in their life where they you know, went through a rough patch. And right. I think we all, yeah, it's, it's a part of discovery, figuring out who we are. Right. And part of that is, okay, what do we believe in all these different scenarios? And, um, you know, so, so to touch on sort of what we mentioned earlier, like, you know, be- believing in all these different religions and, and all that kind of stuff, one thing that I notice a lot of these religions have have one single like God, right? They they're monotheism, right? There's 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 yeah. one creator, the one overarching figure. And but there's all these different religions. And it's 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 interesting to think about at the very least. No, I I'm not trying to say I'm not, I'm not saying what I specifically believe or, um, you know, because it's I, I don't want people to to feel like I'm trying to push an agenda. What I want to do is to take a step back and, and question things. And because even though, you know, you may not have said this out loud. I'm sure people have wondered the same thing. Like, do you think, do you think creation and and the basis of all these different faiths of, of one single entity that, you know, is God essentially is a God at the very least in other religions. Um, So do you think, Do you think everything is like is happened once? Like everything is true, but it's been split off into different perspectives. 
Does that make sense? Like one main, th- so there's one God and then one true timeline and the way that everybody sees it is different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. because that, that's what I've been thinking too. And just because like, like I said, the parallels between the different religions and, um, and it all stems from one, one point of creation, one, one um, entity, one main overarching entity, uh, and then, you know, more of the details stemming down are different. So um, have, have you thought about that or, or like, because it's very interesting to me because everyone's different. Everyone has a different perspective. And, um, you know, the thought came into my head, is there, was there this one, this, this one timeline of events, but that was viewed by different people and transcribed and described in different ways, but it was pretty much all the same things that were happening. I mean, have you done any of that deep digging or like, are we talking about like, sorry, am I overthinking this or are you asking about parallel universes? (laughs) Well, I mean, Parallel universes, we, we could go down that rabbit hole too, yes. But I'm asking I love I love I love, uh, I love conspiracy theories, I'm not, not gonna lie. They, you do? Yes. I, it's it's they're fun, they're super fun to entertain. Okay. You know? Okay. Well there's, I guess a lot, there's a lot of weird stuff in the world, but there is. I'm not there... gonna I, I don't know if this is the one to like uh, this we might need to have a second chat oh uh, we'll, we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely have a second conversation you yeah, know what the next one that, but like i mean the next I, one we can go into more like conspiracy theories like specifically and like yeah we can dive into those rabbit holes uh during our next chat but yeah, yeah that's um, that's not the that's not the probably because the, we could go another few time. hours just talking oh. about conspiracy theories themselves oh. Um, yeah you can get me going for a while (laughs) but i don't like yeah i mean it's just it's interesting in that the whole just the whole idea of faith and in the way that there's so many different ones but they all have a central theme Mm -hmm. i I guess is interesting to me and um well that's that's the other thing about religion that like at one point had you know the you know the questioning the questioning phases i've gone through mm-hmm. um honestly i think we might have learned this in like miss k's class or it definitely was talking about <laughs> like, had something with like martin luther or whatever oh yeah yep and you know how you know the classic you know christianity was probably catholicism you know mm-hmm. catholics for like the long time and then there's the lutherans that were catholics but you know, they didn't like this one rule and they wanted to add yep. this rule. So then you have the Lutherans and then, you know, it just stems off of people like not wanting this, you know, not liking this, wanting to add this. And making very incremental changes, but the premise is the same. They're just, there's, there's one or two things that are, you know, well, let's tweak this and we can call it a whole new religion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you know, so there's just like that whole like thing of like when you know when when do you draw the line of like you know 
these are accepted, these aren't, or, you know, when you're believing in the same thing, but you're all trying to get there differently, you know? Right. And then, you know, potentially you know, shunning and, and what, those people who... what matter of belief is enough, you know? Like, are they... Right. Are they in, are they right enough that they're in, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, are they, you know? Yeah. Will you, will you, you know, let your kids play together? I mean, or because you go to, you know, one, one may be a Methodist, one may be a Lutheran. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I think, we're, I think in our day and age, like we're past that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, and like, cause that's like, that's kind of like, I mean, for an example, like my mom grew up Catholic, my dad grew up Lutheran, they got married, they became like non-denominational. Mm-hmm. I was raised as, you know, like basically teaching from the Bible, like directly solely, you know, right. You know, didn't have confession, like, you know, like the Catholics had, didn't have confirmation like the Lutherans have, mm-hmm. which I was fine with right <laughs> both of those oh shit both of those give me like if i had to do those i i have you know enough social anxiety as it is much less going and confessing when i did wrong to a dude on the other side of a when the whole idea beside you know behind that part of it of, of confession at least it's like i have to relay my message through this guy and to I mean, get to that power Right? Yeah, and, and to an extent, like they got, you know, because that's one of the other things that like bothers me with religion is I know there's so many people that have, you know, you know, like, you know, like you've come to like you went to like the youth group events mm-hmm. you know, in high school or like Camp Forest Springs, you know, stuff yep. like that, where at the end of like the weekend or the week, they, you know, they do that, you know. You know, if anybody feels, you know, driven to accept Christ in their heart, we're going to say this prayer, say it along to yourself, you know, kind of deal. And dude, I, you know, I went to, you know, I went to camp, you know, all those summers growing up and like so many kids, I know like I had cabin buddies or like kids that I met throughout the week that, you know, I know, you know like rose their hand, raised their hand, you know, said, you know, and that's great. And, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully that was enough to either like give them a forever, you know, something forever that, you know, but, and this is, this is probably judgmental and, you know, hypothetical to an extent, but like, you know, I know there's so many kids that, you know, probably came to a week of camp mm-hmm maybe you know felt moved that week you know said that you know followed along with that thing that they say you know like the generic prayer yeah but it's like those kids you know there's a lot of kids that were there that came from bad places mm-hmm. and that just went back to that bad place after that week and probably had no like had zero exposure to anything religious maybe ever again right and it's like did that one prayer you know you know I mean, I was taught that, you know, like you sinned, you, you know, you repent to Christ or God, or, you know, and your sins are forgiven. You know, that's why you died on the cross for mm-hmm. us. As long as you, you know, you confess what you've sinned to him, you know, you're good or whatever. 
I can, I mean, I've never confessed 98% of my sins. I'm sure, you know, I sin <laughs> everybody. I'm pretty sure probably sins daily. Yeah. Not your abnormal, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't confess all the time, you know? So maybe, I mean, I get where, you know, get where the Catholics are coming from, but like you said, the fact that they think that they have to go do it through a person to have that, you know, that relay to God, mm-hmm. that's not what I was, you know, raised on or what I'd want to believe, you know? Yeah. If he's our God and he loves us, you know, there's no reason that we should have to depend on it. Random. Somebody dude. else. Yeah. Right. You don't really know. If, if, if we've accepted that, that truth in our heart, that, right. That guy is going to get you a connection to, you know, your end creator and a being that should love you, you know, loves you unconditionally more than anything you could fathom. So, you know, like, I don't, I don't agree with that either. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that wouldn't be the one that I would pick. Right not you know and I have, See, a, I have a lot of i have a lot of catholic families so i don't want to like step on right and what we're no offense i mean no offense yeah I'm just saying personally i wouldn't you know i wouldn't well and to be just to clarify things here we're not we're not condemning specific religions or you know the way that people um you know practice their respective faith if they do practice faith um what we're what we're doing is we're raising questions about maybe specific things that happen within respective faiths that um you know objectively do you think they're right or wrong and i think i think more talks like this need to happen because i'm sure you know when you're raised within a specific family it's a whole nature versus nurture thing right yeah. It's like um, you're led to believe a certain thing your whole life. I mean, that's all you know, right? And when you're experiencing different things, depending on what they are, um, you're you might be told, you know, don't don't pay attention. Like those things are bad. Stay away. Like don't don't question this. Don't ask. You know, don't question that. Do this. Do that. Um, but I think it's important truly as people we need to ask questions because as mentioned before we're all part of this human condition mm-hmm. like we, we we're we're lucky enough to be able to ask these questions and have these thoughts and and really make a direction for ourselves at least the vast majority of the time um, so i think questioning where you stand on things and what you believe is right and wrong. Cause a lot of these things come down to like morality, right? Is it, do you, do you feel in your gut that doing this is, is right in order to achieve, you know, if it is, if it is talking to God, right. If you're, if you're a Christian, um, you know, do you need to talk with, um, you know, a, a church official, to get your message up to the, to, to God, or can you have that communication yourself? Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that's what I was fed, you know, one way or the other, however you look at it, you know, that's what I was taught. That's what I was fed. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I was a personal relationship with Christ. 
that was always the thing personal relationship you know so that's you know yep it's the same with me too yep yep it always you know the personal aspect of the relationship that you're supposed to have with your god and creator yeah it should be your own is very uh it it shouldn't be mediated by somebody else But I do think the whole nature versus nurture thing, I mean, not only with that's religion. Because like, like I said, like literally that's, you know, that was a part of a doubt, you know, doubts that I've had in the past. Like I literally, you know, like I said before, am I going to just believe that I was so lucky that I, you know, and if I, you know, you know, and me believing that I am, you know, I need to be super thank, and I am super thankful. Mm-hmm. You know, I am, I, I wouldn't want to have been raised any differently, even though I'm going to admit, you know, when I was a kid, you know, and I had like different rules and like all my friends, you know, like a little bit stricter, a little bit more tight knit. Mm-hmm. There was times that that pissed me off. You know, I was mad at my parents, you know, so mad that like, you know, I couldn't have the freedoms that, you know, some of our friends had or whatever. And you know, that's just, that's just immaturity and being a kid. Um, right. Cause you're in the moment looking, look, looking back, like my parents didn't, didn't keep me, my parents didn't keep me from doing anything that I should have been allowed to do basically. Right. You know? Like there is nothing like beneficial, wholesome or anything like that, that my parents ever kept me from attending going to being allowed to go to you know like things like that you know in any it it, it all like ever it only ever protected me bettered me put me in a better position to succeed you know stuff like that um so i mean that's 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 i feel guilty about too like i know like at a you know i know when i was in that adolescent stage, I know I was probably, uh, you know, I was, you know, definitely. Well, I I agree. And I I can relate to that because I was pissed off at my parents when they moved my sisters and I up to Rib Lake from Milwaukee. You know, I was so angry. Like I, man, I did not like my parents for, for a few months there, (laughs) but looking back, it was seriously the best thing that they could have done for my sisters and I, just because the amount of opportunities that we got, like before, before rib Lake, I, um, I never picked up an instrument. I never, uh, I didn't play basketball before then. I didn't, I played, you know, flag football, but I never played, you know, like tackle um, or like the football we think of now. Um, and just being able to, and having those connections, like with the teachers and everything, like almost having kind of personal relationships with them where like, they knew you, they knew who you were uh, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just like a passing face, maybe. Yeah. Blessing, like a, a, blessing and a curse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yep. That's true. But overall the opportunities and the person that I became from moving up to rib Lake, I think, um, those benefits far outweighed any sort of negatives that I thought, you know, came with it. Like, yes, 
all my family pretty much still lives down in Milwaukee and I miss them dearly, especially, um, you know, like my uncles, my grandparents, a lot of my cousins, um, and a lot of my cousins, my first cousins, uh, a lot are a lot younger than I am. I think my, um, on my mom's side, uh, the first, first cousin that I had, I was, I was 15. So I'm 15 years older than the oldest of my first cousins on my mom's side. And again, I'm a very emotional guy. Like I very invested in family and everything. So seeing them grow up where I'm not able to be there and be a part of their, you know, everyday or weekly lives, it really gets to me, man, because it's like, I feel like I need to be there. I need to be, I need to be a role model, right? I feel like it's a responsibility of mine to help them become better than, than me, I guess, because drawing off, granted, we're only 25, right? But still 25 going on 40 or, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that 13 going on 30. I I don't know how to equate it. I can't do that math. Um, But like, I, I, I've always wanted to be like a role model, you know, I just, just in general, if I can, I like helping people and, and trying to be a positive influence if I can, but people who um, are part of my family, my, my clan, you know, my, my, my flesh and blood, so to speak, it's like, I feel like I have a responsibility to them and to help them get leaps and bounds farther than I ever can in life. Um, and the fact that I'm not able to be there every day and do it uh, really gets at me. But now I have, I have two nieces, right? I have, I have two little nieces. One of them uh, is turning four this coming March. One just turned one. Um, and man, I got to tell you, like... I just feel so emotionally charged when it comes to family and people that I love. Like I feel a responsibility. I feel a responsibility, honestly, to help people in general. Um, Like if I have the ability to help somebody, I need to, but more on a micro level, my family, if I can help them, then that would, to me, that's the most fulfilling thing that, that I can ever do. You know, like, honestly, seriously, one of the most driving factors for me is my, my parents, Um, you know, they've been working, my dad's been in construction, um, you know, pretty much my whole life, my mom, my mom has done odd jobs here and there. And it's all to support us, me and my sisters. And it's not something that they've necessarily enjoyed, you know, Um, and hearing what they want to do. You know, I, I know they want to start their own. Whoops. I know they want to start their own business. <laughs> Almost just got cold clocked by, uh, by my microphone here. Um, <laughs> but they want to start their own business. Right. And um, it really comes down to like financing because when you, with any business that you want to start nowadays, a lot of the, a lot of times it, it costs a lot of money and a driving factor for me to try and become successful is to be able to give back and help, help them start something that'll make them happy because I, I can't think of anything that'll be more rewarding or something that will um, make me feel accomplished than that. 
mm-hmm. right? So um, I, I've got to be honest with you. I don't know where I was going with that rant, but I just felt like I needed to say it. You know, I, I just felt like I needed to throw it out there in the ether. Um, yeah, I think we've had a couple of those, but that's, I think that's good. <laughs> we're just, we're just letting it flow, man. We're just yeah. letting it flow. And that's, I think that's where some of the best conversations happen. And I, think we're it's, just, I think it's a thing that is hard for our generation to do. It is. It's been, I mean, it's, it's hard for me. I mean, it's always been hard for me to do, um, to open up. And I know that's like closed some doors for me before, like my inability to open up, um, yeah. you know, but it's, it's not worth, you know, because probably the, we got on this train a lot earlier than I ever would have expected, but the whole that <laughs> idea that I kind of have been founding, finding some like peace in almost, I'm going to call it lately, is the fact that we are all going to die. Right. You know? yep. Yep. We are all going to die. No one is really going to remember, you know, I mean, uh, unless like we do, you know, unless you do something, you know, insane if you become like a movie star or like you you know something insane you know you might you know you might affect hopefully you affect some people close to you yeah you know that are always going to remember you but you know even their memory of you is going to die yep you know whoever remembers us you know nobody that knows this now is going to be here in 100 years yep right yeah you know that's a sobering thought Yep. You know, like nobody that knows us now is going to be here in a hundred years anyway. So nobody can even, you know, like if we just, you know, <laughs> we just live like average lives doing things that make us happy and might not be, you know, the social norm, that idea that we grew up with, you know, yep. mm-hmm. was matter because literally nobody we know is going to remember it. Right. Or be here to remember it. And you said it, what, what's going to make us happy. Right. So that means that we need to, we need to figure out a way to, to do something that means something to us and that we're going to find comfort in when our time comes. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, that our memory, the memory of us is, it's not really going to be around, you know, a hundred years from now. Yeah. There'll there'll probably be pictures and well now with us are, are probably our social media profiles, you know, but, but still, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Dude. I don't know how that will work. Like, it, <laughs> like our, our great great grandchildren are gonna look us up on Facebook if it's still around. That's, that's, it's like that's, that's an interesting idea. You know, like um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm and I'm not saying this in a you know as a message of saying you know go out and be a piece of shit because it doesn't matter because <laughs> nobody's gonna remember it. Um, you're, you're saying kind of the flip of it. Like I'm saying, saying, you know, yeah. Like no one's going to remember it, but you will. Don't be a piece of shit. Right. Do Do something that anything you want to do, be anything you want to be. Be happy. Don't be a piece of shit. At the very least, you got to try. If you want to do something, try it. At least try to go for it. 
Yeah. Because I guarantee you, when you are looking back on the inevitable deathbed that you're going to be on, that is the thing that matters, right? Obviously, your immediate, your kids, your wife, your husband, you know, obviously that's going to matter and the memory they have of you, right? But also the memory you have of yourself and the life that you've laid out in front of you. Like, are you going to die with so many regrets that, you know, you're going to die a sad person or, you know, take chances, you know, because honestly with money, yeah, money means something now, but you can't take that with you when you're gone. Like you can't take material possessions with you when you're gone. Yeah. I always feel torn, you know, <laughs> it's like, I always like, like to say that like, Oh yeah. Like, I'm more but, of an, I'm, I'm more of an experienced person, you know, like the <laughs> experience rich than money rich. But it's also like, am I just saying that because I'm not in, not in a, <laughs> because you're I'm not rich. No, I'm right. not in a position to be, you know, money right. rich. You because know? we're, we're not in a position I, to be money rich. We can only probably, be experience rich. That's probably just overthinking again. Right. That's another rabbit hole, dude, that yeah. I as well have gone into. But at the same time, it's like, we got to try and make do with what we have and we can't, you alluded to earlier, we get to worrying about a lot of these things that are far ahead that we, we don't know exactly how things are going to shake out or when. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, things that we don't need to worry about, we should really try not to. Obviously, you know, things that might be coming up in a week or a month or even, even, I guess, a couple months. But there's so many things that can happen within that amount of time and change. And uh, it's important for us to just try and live, man. Like try, just be a good person and live a life that you're going to be happy with because it's going to be gone. It's, it's going to be gone someday and you're going to be left with nothing. But the last thing you think about, is it going to be positive or negative? That's a profound idea. It's like, when you think about it, is a, do, do I want to be pissed off at myself before I, you know, enter in whatever is, is after we die? Or do I want to be at peace with myself and, and the things that I've laid out here? It yeah. really comes down to that. And that, and that, yeah. And that's, yeah. And you can completely tie that back into so many you know things you know like if you can find a faith that you believe in that you have you know faith in i mean to an extent like it's harder to not almost believe in something you know mm -hmm. it's all right just to have a, a void of of something Right. So even if, even if you don't believe, you know, even if you are an atheist, right, where you don't really believe in anything, mm -hmm. um, you're still believing, you're believing that there's nothing there. You're believing you're going to become a tree or something like that. You know, like there's still that, like, with even in, in the absence of belief, you're, you're believing something. Yeah. You're just going to enter a, a, an eternal. 
darkness, nothing, you know, just it's and you know, right? Yes, I mean, I guess I can see where they're coming from, you know, I mean, maybe just believe in like when the lights go out, it's black forever, you know, right? That's like maybe, I mean, maybe that's easier than you know, them having the idea of going to hell. Right. You know, seeing it all, it circles back to fear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as shitty as it may seem, it circles back to fear as, as the main driver in a lot of these beliefs. Yeah. But does maybe the fear drive you to faith, or or does fear drive you away from faith? It could. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, and I'm sure it's completely different for you know every single person that you know comes to that fork in the road of fear or faith. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's fear or faith, faith, dude. You should uh, you should trademark that. You should put that on a T-shirt. Fear or faith. <laughs> Put a red cross on the back and I sell that to every church in America. <laughs> Boom. You could both. sell it actually to both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Fear or faith. You could you could bold once so like you could bold fear or you could bold faith. Like you can bold fear for like people who don't believe in anything, or you can bold faith for the people who do believe in something. <laughs> You can just make them different colors too, like make the fear red and the faith like white, you know, holy, holy white. Oh, baby. Ooh. Okay. We, uh, we need to have further conversations about this. Um, but <laughs> I think the main theme here, uh, especially the last couple minutes has just been like with our limited life experience, granted, like I said, we're 25 going on 26, but it seems like with every day we become more and more aware of, of the inevitable fate that we all have. And like getting you, to that point, you think about your own death. Um, I do. I think about sometimes I do, but I don't think about the details about how I'm going to die. I, I just think about what point I'm going to be at in my, in my head, if that makes sense. Like, how am I going to feel about my life? Where am I going to be at when it comes to like what I believe in? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to think I'm going to go after that time happens? Obviously, I hope it's it's a peaceful passing. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone really wants to go in a blaze of glory. Um, but I don't, I try not to get super detailed about um you know, how, how I'm going to die. Um, it's just, I definitely, I definitely think about the death of others, like tenfold the time amount of time that I spend thinking about my own death. But when I do think about my own death, I've definitely, I'm definitely questioning like how How it's going to happen for whatever whatever reason. And so I was like, I got this like gut feeling like I'm going to see it coming. Really? Like, Oh, yeah, I just have this weird gut feeling that like 
one day I'm just going to like look over and be like, Oh, there it is. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I actively try not to get that in, in that rabbit hole because I will get super deep on it. And I, I don't know, I don't know when I would be able to escape it. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. Because it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous train to be on, dude. When you're on it, you can't really get off. Yeah. But what we can do now is, is to just, as corny as it may sound is just to live our lives the way that we want to, and we think is best for us, you know, whether that's hanging out with friends who you cherish, hanging out with family members, um, you know, doing charity work, if that's your thing, you know, just trying to, um, I guess, to leave your mark on a world that you hope remembers you at least when you're gone, initially when you're gone, because a hundred years from now, it's going to be our Facebook profiles that we created in like 2009. And, uh, our, you know, our extended family is going to look at us and, you know, be like, wow, I can't believe that person was that way. Like, I can't believe Jake had a t-shirt that says, ask me about my wiener. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, but it's it yeah it's it's important for us to to blaze our own paths and, and to go down a road that we that we want to go because it's life's too short man to to have your path laid out for you you know mm-hmm. it could just all be stripped away in in a in a millisecond so why not be happy with it enjoy the ride that's such a that's such a I'm, I'm sorry to like, I feel like you're trying to like maybe wrap up and like, no, dude, no, no, no. I'm just trying to be positive about this. That's the shit that drives me nuts too, is like being the way that like I'm wired and you're kind of wired and like where like the people close to us, like mean so much to us. Yeah. You know? And then there's that whole like, go live your life deal. Mm -hmm. This constant tear of like, Oh, like I want to go do this. But then, like, I only have so much time to be here with this group of people. Right. You know, it's that, and then, and then that's, and then, and then you tell somebody like, oh, like, and they're like, well, you only got so long to live, like, go do it. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, but you don't have like a connection. Like, I mean, I'm sure they've got a connection to somebody. Mm-hmm probably puts them the same way but they're not going anywhere either you know right maybe maybe you know people that have gone somewhere but it's like yeah you get this urge to do something but then there's always there's always something else on the other side that you feel like you should be doing that comes back and that probably comes back to fear again you know it's just like yeah it does dude (laughs) it does really a fear of fear yeah and it's always like that, like one, like, you know, you're always a step away from whatever it is, you know, end goal of anything, mm-hmm. like, that, like a level of fear followed by a level of fear. Yep. You know, so 
It's like you get over one, and then it's like, oh, but there's this. There's one waiting right, right yeah. after the other one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe, hey, I want to take a trip to Colorado for a week, you know, but well, I could be, I could spend that time at home you know, with, with the family or like a week, I'm a week. I'm I'm going, you're going. Yeah. A week I'm going, but like a summer or a year, you know, or two years, like that's like, that's the stuff where I get like blocked up like hardcore. So, so what kinds of things have come up to where you would be spending that amount of time doing it? you know, like a summer or a longer to where you, you've experienced that conflict? Um, well, this summer I was supposed to be gone. Um, I was supposed to be in Alaska this whole summer. And I was committed and like, you know, working towards it, like going and then COVID hit, you know? Yep. And, and, And it's like supposed to be a thing next summer too, but like you know, <laughs> at the same time, like, man, now do I like do I want to go or do I want to stay? You know. And that thought and is I, already creeping in your head. Yeah, it's like a year away, and I just know that I'm gonna be like back, and you know, it's like exhausting. Like I'm already exhausted thinking about how exhausted that it's gonna make me. Yeah. <laughs> like, already worrying about worrying about worry. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I've thought about, I don't know if you've thought about like, um, like maybe moving somewhere for, for oh, yeah. maybe a year there's, there's or a so. Um, yeah. There's so many times I told myself, I was like, I'm going to move to Montana, get a lease for like a summer, just get like some, you know, generic factory job that I can like pay rent for a year and just like live out there and get the, like, get the experience. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, it's a whole year that, you know, in that year, I'll probably only see my parents like three to four times. Right. You know, it's like, like yeah, those thoughts creep in. It's like, like okay. Here they'll come visit me like once or twice. Like I'll probably fly home for a holiday or something and drive home once. Right. So but like, that's I'm it. Gonna I'm probably going to go home twice. They're probably going to come see me twice in a year. Mm-hmm. When if I was living here where I'm living now, you could yeah. go home whenever you wanted. Yeah, and that's another thing. It's like, like I feel guilty. It's like I live this close, and I, you know, I, I mean, I see them like a good amount, like probably more than you know the average kid my age might, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, except like if you like, stay at home, <laughs> then you probably see your parents a little bit more. Often. Like right. anybody that like moved away from home, like even though it's only like two hours, like mm-hmm. I see them. I guess maybe in the end, probably not as much as I wish I would, but like, right. I see him, but if I'm in Montana, I'm seeing him way less than what I would like feel comfortable with. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you won't, you won't have the option to, if you, if you get the whim to go home, you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At least it would take me like a day and a half to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You would have to do it a lot more planning to be able to do it. Whereas you could just, right. Whereas now you just hop in the car, you know, um, 
put, you know, whiskey and Tucker in, in, in your vehicle and, and head home. Yeah. You know, so yeah. by the way, whiskey and Tucker are the names of, of Landon's dogs. Um, they're not, um, not whatever else. Yes. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, it's, it's weird that you bring that up too, because I've thought about the same kinds of things where, um, seeing even me more granularly, I think about that, like, like I said, a week or two weeks, you know, I'm like, ah, man, yeah, I could go for a whole week, but you know, this is the week that I was planning on going home. Um, you know, especially if it's like for a summer or a year, even just to, to move, to try something, you know, mm-hmm. just to check out a different place. Um, I'm, I'm becoming more and more warm to, you know, to, to shorter trips, you know, just to check places out. But if I think about yeah. a year or more, at, at the same time, I've got a lot of like, I've got a lot of acquaintances um, and friends, you mm-hmm. know, that I know that have like, moved out of state. Yeah. Whether it's they still live out of state since like our era of like graduation, um, you know, college and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or whether it was like, you know, a year kind of stint, you know, I've seen people go do that and like just rave about like how good of experience it was for them. Yeah. You know, and some of them come back, you know, to an extent. Um, and some of them are still out there, but like, nobody's like, man, I should never like, and I'm sure maybe there are, but I personally haven't talked to somebody that's like done one of those experiences. Yeah. Been like, yeah. That's, that was my biggest regret in life. Like I should have never left home. I should have stayed and just stayed here and, you know, lived my whatever life that I was going to live anyway. So there is something, you know, and I don't like, and if I did that, you know, I don't think I would, I, 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 don't really genuinely believe that I would regret regret it. Yeah. But but I'm literally scared that I would. Like I don't right. think I would there's that chance I'm that you would of that one percent yeah and that's enough to just like keep me here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not it's not anybody else like you know like I know my parents, like, I know my parents, like if my parents knew that I want to go do something mm-hmm. super supportive behind me, a hundred percent, you know, if it's, you know, a fathomable, like good decision, you know, someone right. back it, like, I know they would like, they'd probably like kind of feel bad almost if they, like, if they thought that I wanted to go, you know, do something with my life and I wasn't doing it because of, you know, because of them or something, but mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not anything that they're doing, you know, it's not any pressure that they're putting on. Right. Completely. It's completely me just worry, like coming back to that worrying, you know, and certain people are going to say, you know, the only way to, you know, the it's only way to, to do it, do that, you know, you're, well, you're going to get that side of people. You're going to get, you're going to get half of the people that are like, yeah, just, just do it, you know, just send it, you know, like YOLO, you only live once, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, and then you're going to get, you know, the other half of people that are like, eh, don't, you know. But. Dude, I, yeah, it's, 
with everything that we do, it's a double-edged sword. And, but just talking with you, like it makes you, it makes me realize that how many of our decisions are made by fear and worry, you know, like as the main drivers of everything that we do. And that scares the shit out of me. Again, fear. It scares the shit out of me, man. Like, but how, how can we combat that? Right. How can we, how can we not be so afraid about potential decisions that we haven't even made yet? You know? Um, And again, it could just be that we're two crazy guys and nobody else thinks this way on this planet, but I really doubt that. You know, I I know, I I know other people are overthinkers and, and think similarly to, to what we do, but it's still, it's still a question of, of how, how do we get over it if we can, you know, and why, why does it run our lives the way that it does? Yeah. I mean, and I had like this crazy like idea, you know, as a kid. Um, Honestly, like, I'm, I'm guessing like at this point, if you haven't like gotten from what I've been talking, like, loss of my parents is probably like my biggest like, yeah yep. biggest same here thing. if you haven't yep. like gathered that from the way i've been talking you're probably clueless but <laughs> um and and that was that was a thing and you know a couple people close to me you know know this but like that is that has torn me up since i was you know like since that young age that i was talking about where i like you know tried to accept Christ out of fear like that three-year-old range yeah um it was a very young age you know obviously if my parents were having kids and then I was 10 years later obviously my parents quite a bit older at the point of having me than most of the kids my age and even even as like as a homeschooled kid you know knowing you know a couple kids through t-ball and stuff like that and like coming to practice in the games and seeing that all my like all these kids I'm you know, the same age as all have parents that look that are, you know, the same age, but like way younger than my parents. Mm-hmm. Like I put two and two together at like a young age. Like I was like, well, barring any like nap, like unforeseen, you know, incident, like no matter what my parents live a long prosperous life, I'm still have, x amount of years less with them than all these kids around me are going to get with their parents Mm -hmm. and that that's that's been my like what's the word you know um like your biggest fear yeah that's been my uh kryptonite Mm. you know that's so not only that you're going to lose your parents obviously but the fact that you're you're comparing the time that you have with them to everyone else our age yeah which right? isn't which isn't uh you know a bad like isn't a isn't something i should be doing you know it's not a valuable like cause to be concerned of um, right well know. i mean but still it like I think about that stuff too. And it's, 
but like it, it and it stems from so many things so like at this point it's like i realized that at a young age mm-hmm. but then i know also at that same age and older after i already realized that that i was like a total ass to my parents you know like i was fully aware that i had this lesser amount of time and i feel like there is definitely a chunk of my life where i completely um you felt like you were knowingly wasting that time in a way yeah completely just yeah just blew it so now in hindsight being 2020 um you're like man like i wasted all this time yeah you wait yeah you wish you had that time back and it's like yeah so it's like regret piled on fear piled on worry seeing like, in your in losing your parents is is a combination of all those things yeah like regret because no matter no matter how much time you have with your parents at the end of it all you're gonna feel like you didn't have enough and the time that you did have with them I didn't appreciate fully the time that I did have right and that yeah in the time that you do have you're gonna feel like you wasted it or you didn't you didn't give it enough of your attention um and and, and I, I'm probably I'm probably still guilty of this. Like I just know that there's days that, like, I just woke up, like, went went to bed the night before, mm. completely good with my parents. Whatever reason, that next morning I just woke up and I was like, I'm gonna be a little prick, you know, <laughs> like, and I and I. There's, there's days that I know that aren't like knowingly, you know, I know when I do it, I don't like mean to do it. Like I always sense when I'm doing it. And I, and I, but you and just can't stop it. Still something that like when I'm doing it, I'm like, dude, do this shit. Like, yeah. As you're is, doing it, you know, your yeah, voice. As I'm, doing it, I'm like, you got to stop. This is the shit that tears you up. And yet I will like, there'll just be a switch and I'll just be a dick for like, you know, whatever however long and it's like i know it and i feel shitty about it and like mm-hmm. you know try to like try to come back and you know make up for it kind of deal you know in a sense like but yeah and yeah. that's that's it's like i don't know what that is you know is it just like personal issue that I need to figure out or like, am I, you know, who knows, you know, am I, no, I, I need, mean, do I need to be a more, yeah, it's just, it's an ever ending loop, you know, it's just a, it's just a loop. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I think about death, it, it inevitably comes to my family, my parents, and everything that comes with that and yeah i think about the time that i've had with them the time that you know i'm lucky enough to have with them now and um, i just know i know in the back of my head that no matter how much time and attention 
that I try to maybe make up for, you know, for, for being a little dick earlier in my life. Um, you know, uh, um, being it's still going to hurt like hell. Yes. Know? Being, and being an intentional little prick yeah. trying to make up for now, no matter how much I try to atone for that, there's still going to be at the end, it's going to be regret because I'm always going to feel like I could have done better. I could have been, yeah. I could have been a better son, a better grandson, a better brother, a better friend. Um, you know, and that's the thought that is also a driving factor for me and really screws with me is like, is that thought of never being, because I'm sure you've experienced your parents, they have this vision of you, right? Like they have, I don't know if that's the right term, but like they, they see a potential for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, for me, my parents, you know, they tell me they're proud of me and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, and, you know, I love that because hearing it from people you care about, obviously, but there's still that feeling in the back of my head, like I'm not doing enough to earn that. And that, that also ties back into how I'm going to feel when the inevitable day comes where I won't be able to be with them. It's like, man, I should have done more to prove them right. You know, to, to prove that, you know, their belief in me was warranted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, that's, <laughs> that screws with me almost on a daily basis, dude. It's like, I look at myself, I sort of, it's almost like I leave my body and I take a look at my life as like a whole like umbrella. And I'm like, man, you have a ways to go homie. Like yeah. you're not even close to where you're supposed to be at, at least in my head. Like yeah. I look at it like, okay, I should be here. Like, this is where, this is where I'll feel good about, you know, like I'm on, I'm on the right path where I think I could be. Um, it, it, it has your, did your parents instill that in you too? Like, um, like they tell you, like you have a lot of potential and like, they, have they ever told you like where they can see you or they think you're going to be successful in life? I mean, they've always definitely portrayed like a lot of faith in, you know, me being successful in whatever I, you know, chose to be successful in. Um, they've never really given me like a, you know, like a, expectation you know mm -hmm. anything on that sort it was more so yeah i mean there, there wasn't a specific expectation like you're gonna have this job you're gonna make this much money it was and still is is like i want you to be better than i was it's like i want you to be in a better place than i've ever been able to be in yeah. and that's sort of that just you know that's a lot of pressure to put on um you know the the parents your parents because it's like they're trying so hard to get you to this point you know and that takes a lot of their time and effort and and you know mental fortitude and yeah um but it's like damn 
<laughs> like, what does that even mean? Like, there's no monetary value. There's no, there's nothing other than I want you to be better than me. And there's, yeah. So it's, it's crazy, man. And each one of those different ways, whether that's being better than me, making more money than me, being better than me, um, you know, maybe being a better person than me, like each one of those areas has a different rabbit hole we can dive into and to think about and to analyze and to, and to compare and, and try to figure out what it all means. But it's all this stuff is just exhausting you know, mentally, because this all has to do with things that aren't necessarily relevant to right here and now. Yeah. Like yeah. all this stuff has to do with something in the future, attaining something in the future, like dealing with a pain or a tragedy in the future. It's like where I feel like I feel like I pay more attention to the future than I do right now. And that's screwy. Like... <laughs> Because, and it's, it's ironic because the thing that I fear, the thing that's making me have these futuristic thoughts about tragedy and, and um, you know, trying to attain something, it all stems and has to do with not being good enough right now or not, not having enough, um, uh, enough experience and, and feeling in the moment right now, which, yeah. dude, dude. Like, I'm just, man, it, it's. And I think, I think for me personally, it kind of like, it comes down to the fact that I have like somewhat of a, probably a, like an a obsessive personality, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's across the board and it can be, you know, detrimental or positive, whatever way you harness it. Yep. Or lack of harness that you can put on it you know like um you know relationships you know you oh yeah oh. Over, you know a girl you know and to an point like you have to but at the same point like you obsess over it like that girl is gonna make you happy yep you know but if you're not happy if you're not happy on your own like, yep. when that is so not the case like it's the, the other person's not going to make you happy like no. the, you know you got to be in a good headspace you know yeah. so like if you're happy and you can obsess over a girl great you know in the right fashion mm -hmm. yo you there yeah i think it bro you froze there for a second I don't know what you heard or what you didn't hear. You say, so the last thing I heard was you were talking about, um, like when you can obsess over a girl and then it went silent. Okay. Well, what I was saying was like, you can't place that obsessiveness on someone and expect it to make you happy. It's just, yeah. a, it's on unfair expectation. You know? that's yeah yeah um, and, and like i i also like you know another like i'd say that i probably obsess over my fear and worry yeah you know but i think finding like outlets in life that you can obsess over like wholesomely 
that are positive are super crucial. Yeah. Like we have to find things that we can do relative relatively often mm-hmm. that when you're doing it, that's the only thing you're thinking about, you know? Yeah. Things to be able to take you out of your own head and to just let you be in that thing, you know, be in that moment. Um, like people without hobbies, I don't get how they do it. <laughs> like they must not have any fear or anything. Cause like, if you don't like, I know people that just seemingly don't have hobbies. Yeah. Like they just, they just have. Yeah. Their- if I, if I was left to, to sit and fester in my, in my own thoughts like that, that much, man, I, I don't know if I'd be able to be positive at all about anything. I think I'd just be totally consumed. If I thought about like a fraction of the things I think about like on a daily basis at work outside of like still outside of work. Be long days. I mean, they're already, <laughs> already some long days, but like other ways I can't, can't imagine. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's important to find things that we can help us cope with, with our thoughts and, and things we have going on. I mean, obviously it doesn't negate the things that are happening or mean that they're not there no. or these thoughts, but it just, we need breaks from these, from these thoughts that can be quite dark and, and negative. But, um, you know, I do think they're, they can be positive if that makes sense. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think these negative thoughts can, can potentially wake us up to, to things that we're missing to things that we might be able to be doing now that could maybe alleviate that future fear or tragedy, you know, so that we, we can check one off of our list. Like, oh man, you yeah. don't have to think about that thing today. And as uh, I guess as embarrassing as it may seem like in, in the beginning, you know, like, like a couple of years ago, you wouldn't, you, you know, other than like very, very close knit people to me, like you would never have like gotten me, you know, admitting that like the fear of death of my loved ones, like mm-hmm. wrecks me, you know? Yeah. But if you're not able to talk about it, like you're never going to get better. No, you know, no, I mean, it's always, it's just going to be that internal back and forth with yourself about that topic, but it's, we need, we need people and, and opportunities to, to vent about these things and talk about and get a different perspective on it because it might uh, open us up to something we didn't see before or think about. Yeah, a different a different perspective, or maybe in our case today, like uh, the same ex- the same perspective. Just letting us know that we're not alone in the way yeah, that we think. You know, letting you know, people have to be able to talk. I haven't like I've always like I've just like that's where I've always been torn. Is like I'm like upset. I'm I'm an emotional person. Like it doesn't take much. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm emotional at the same time growing up super you know super 
stuck in that mindset of like, don't show emotion, you know, emotion Mm -hmm. is, and there's a lot, there's a lot of people, you know, that recently have been coming out and like saying, you know, like, you know, that's not necessarily how they feel, you know, mental health awareness, you know, and I'm not like trying to get that far into it, but it's like, there is no reason there is no, you know, going back to the fact that nobody around here is going to be alive in a hundred years. Like there's no point in trying to act like a super macho, right? Uh, you know, emotionless, you know, man. Like you don't want to like, it's, it's not cool if you want to kick somebody's ass because, you know, you heard that they shed a tear when they saw baby Yoda for the first time. I mean, because (laughs) dude, I'll tell you what, that, that little sucker has to be one of the cutest things I've ever seen in my life. And grew up up watching star Wars, which like that is, see, this is one of the perks of being 10 years younger than your siblings. I got to watch so many video, like movies probably earlier in age than I should have just because like my kid, like my older siblings are watching it. Right. But it, yeah, it's it, it, there's there's not enough time for us to be worried about um, you know trying to trying to watch who we are and trying to come off as somebody that we that we're, we're not trying to tiptoe around every like anyone else you know in order to avoid them looking at you a certain way or you know right or yeah you know. Like, what's the point? Yeah, it's not worth it. We're made for more, man. We're made to be. We're made to be more than just a macho man or you know, cry baby. It's like you can be both. You know, you can you can have aspects of both kinds of kinds of archetypes. Yeah, and, and still be still be okay. Like you could just be Landon. I'll be Jake. You know, it's not, it shouldn't be that hard to, to just be yourself, man. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be yourself. That's the other thing too. Is be yourself. ELE as uh, Jackie moon would say, everybody love everybody. Oh. <laughs> well, dude, I think we've been at this for almost three hours now. Yeah. Yeah. I, if anybody would, if anybody <laughs> for the full three hours, congrats to you for making it. This congrats. Way. And you know what? I'm not, uh, I don't deep, deep, dark confessions for three hours. I'm not going to edit this down Ooh. because, Ooh. um, I don't know. I just want a free, free flowing conversation that people can listen to and, um, you know, so I'm going to keep it full length. We'll, you might we'll... want to like, you're going to keep it full length. Are you going to like, Oh, Jack. hell yeah, dude. Well, in that case, anybody that's still listening at this point, um, you either wanted some absolute dirt on us. Or <laughs> you're genuinely interested in for that. I thank you. And you can relate. Yeah. You could relate to, to one of the, one of the things that we talked about today. And, um, 
Dude, it's we we've never had a deep conversation like this before about these topics, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Honestly, yeah, like I felt felt good to talk about some things. So thanks for so, honored honored to be the first the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> We're both guinea pigs, my friend, but I appreciate you coming to talk. Um I, I definitely, if you're willing, I definitely would love to have you back and we can talk about conspiracy theories. We can talk about, we were going to talk about hobbies uh, yeah. that we never yeah. even touched yeah. at all. Um, sure I remembered we were going to talk about fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to, you were going to educate me on, on what that is and, and you know, how it helps, you know, as a hobby, but we'll definitely cover that's, that in the next chat. Definitely correlates. Yeah. Right. It's a connector. Right. So yeah. we can, we can pick up there where we left off here. Um, That's one of my but, obsessive outlets. <laughs> and you, yeah, yeah. We can talk about how, how that helps and, and how things like that can help us all out, man. Stay sane. Yeah. So well, I, um, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who else you uh, pull in here and what other conversations yeah. <laughs> I have with people. So yeah, dude, I definitely will be following along. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, I'm going to figure this out day by day. But again, I appreciate the time today, bro. It's It's been awesome. Um, if you want to come back, I, I would love to talk with you some more. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I appreciate the time, brother. If you guys are still listening, um, feel free to let us know how, how you liked it, how the, how the very first podcast went. Um, and if so, you know what? Leave us a, uh, leave us a fire emoji um to let to let us know if you've made it all the way here but yeah that's the first illogic podcast with my with my good friend landon hints and there'll be more to come i appreciate you guys have a good one been a pleasure <laughs>